It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Schmelk and Fiegel's with you in person. There's a lot of bald in this room right now, folks. Yes. 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants chat. <laughs> Get in touch with us and, and talk some Giants football. Pearson at the controls. He has hair. Good for him. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about on today's show, folks. Um, first of all, go to the Giants Huddle Podcast if you haven't already. Well, wait for the end of the show, then go and do it. I did about a 10-minute interview with Giants General Manager Joe Shane out at the Senior Bowl. We get into some... Fun draft philosophy stuff. We'll touch on that. Also, we've seen the reports, Adam Schefter reporting about a half an hour ago now, give or take, that uh, the Giants are working on a contract to make Don Martindale, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, their defensive coordinator. The Giants have not confirmed that report. Uh, The Giants have not said it's happening, but that report is out there. So, Jeff, I guess let's start with the breaking news first uh, before we get to the Joe Shane interview. Let's get to Don Martindale. And obviously, this is a guy that's had success as a defensive coordinator for a lot of years. And it will be a big shift in the style of defense. Now, both guys are with Martindale and Patrick Graham, both three, four guys, right? If if this ends up happening, again, it's not official. Um, The signature is not in the dotted line. As we well know, as we saw with Patrick Graham, things can change. That's why we're just just reporting it. Exactly. So let's keep that in mind first and foremost. But... While they're both three, four guys, they approach things very differently, right? Patrick Graham was a guy that liked to play a lot of zone, liked to keep everything in front of him, didn't blitz a ton. Maybe mm-hmm. if the offense was a little bit different, he could have been more aggressive on defense. Yeah. We'll never know. Don Martindale ain't that. <laughs> also a three, four guy, but along with, you know, we talked about it with, with Brian Flores, two of the most aggressive blitzers in terms of defensive coordinators in the National Football League. You want to get after the quarterback, right? You want to send a lot of guys. He blitzes, and he plays a ton of man-to-man behind that. So that is would be a big difference for how the Giants have approached their defense over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I think that – well, first of all, I think the 3-4 scheme, when you have the players that are here now, fits that. So that's a good thing, right? Sure. The other thing is when you blitz, you got to have a lot of confidence in somewhere. That's your back end of the defense. Correct. So, uh, And by the way, you blitz a lot because you don't have great pass rushers to win one-on-one when you send four. Right. That's why you blitz. Yep, yep. And, you know, when you look at – when so, when I say to you, John, Baltimore Ravens, what do you immediately think of? Pressure. <laughs> defense, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that's great, and I think this is this is, this is an awesome if it happens. Uh, guys, experience. You know, you have an experienced defensive coordinator, a guy that's been in the league for, for a while – Calling good things, but you know, you look at those those Baltimore defenses. They had they got great linebackers, um, good corners, and they play an aggressive style defense, which will be fun for Giants fans to to watch. And now, if they can just you know surround themselves with good good players and get some pressure on the quarterback, this can be a lot of fun. Now, two things I want to touch on this before we get to the Shane interview because I think two things are interesting. One. A lot of Giant fans, and and Joe Shane talked about this with Peter King, right? Trying to get under the salary cap and figuring out how to do it. Yeah. And And he's figuring it out. Well, yeah. The one guy everyone points to, though, 
as a guy that just because of his salary numbers, not because he's not a really good player. Yes, and again, this isn't the Giants saying this. This is outside this is people our saying this. Yeah. Outside people are saying this, that maybe James Bradbury could be a guy that could be a cap casualty. Well, if you're going to play the style that Don Martindale wants to play, which puts an extreme amount of pressure on your cornerbacks mm-hmm. to cover mm-hmm. one-on-one, can you afford letting go of your best cornerback? Um, I think you're going to have to. It gets, but then that gets really tricky well, real I mean, fast, doesn't it? I, I, I think it's, it's, you know, you draw the line in the sand. You say, are we going to play this or are we going to do this? And I think that if, in order for this team to get healthy in the future, they're going to have to some, at some point in time draw that line in the sand and start to really kind of rebuild this whole roster. But, you know, with Wink Martindale, you just got to say to him, listen, I, you know, I know you like to play this aggressive defense that you like to play, but we also, maybe in two years from now, you might be able to do that when we go get you some really good players. But right now you're going to have to like, you know, that's hard for a coach to do, I'm sure. But, you know, and, and by the way, I'm sure Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable sat him down and said, you know, let's talk about this because right. what you said makes sense completely. But Wink Martindale, probably if he is coming here, probably would have told them, listen, I'll do that or what, you know, work around this stuff. And he, good. That, that actually brought, brings me perfectly to the second point I wanted to make. It's called Jeff. a segue. Uh, that is a excellent segue. And considering we didn't even discuss this before the show, I'd say it's, it shows my how, how like as usual. Together. Yes. So <laughs> the one thing I will say about Don Martindale for all the success that he's had, we have not necessarily seen him be able to adjust off of his style, right? This year, the Baltimore Ravens lost all their cornerbacks. They pretty much <laughs> lost their whole team. Not just their starters, <laughs> running like backs. Their backups. You know, their defense was ravaged by injuries. Ravaged. A disaster. He mm-hmm. was put in a really bad spot. Yeah, he was. But he stuck with the style, right? And it worked in some games. Other games, like the one against Joe Burrow, <laughs> 500 yards passing, five touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess... If those conversations did happen, or did the conversations happen, and what did he say? We don't know the answer to any of these questions. Right, right. You know, right. how flexible is he in willing to Has get to off be. of some of that stuff if you don't have the personnel to pull it off? I, and I think that one of the qualities of being a really good coach is is adaptability. You yes, got to adapt. Absolutely. And so I'm sure that they they have said to him, "You're we're going to have to adapt to this roster because it's ever it's going to be ever changing." I mean. I've told this, and I don't know. I wish I could give credit who said this to me, but it sticks in my crawl all the time. New eyes, new uh, guys, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Who, whoever said that on Big Blue, please let me know so I can give you credit because I thought it was an amazing uh, cliche. I and that's what's going to happen here, John. That he has to be adapt. Yeah, and I agree. Coaches with you. have to do this kind of stuff. Um, now, I'm not saying maybe Joe Shane or Brian Dable wants to go to a four-three. Well, and no. maybe adapt to that. We're talking things like pressure rates, just, like little just things kind like of that. Things that and, and I, you know, he's such a, he's a good coach, and they'll they'll be able to evaluate. And by the way, game plan each opponent. Of course, there's going to be every game's going to be different. You're going to be able to really go after somebody one day. Maybe they do have a young quarterback, and they can put a little more blitz pressure on this guy. Or right, and I, and I do think that scheme Jeff does probably work a little bit better against the young and experienced guys. Sure. Against the really good veteran quarterbacks, right. they can figure out what's coming where. They catch you in that zero pressure one on one. Then those guys can start making some plays. But I think overall, I, I I like I like the name, I like the experience, and I like the fact that he is a three four guy. Oh, Ravens defense! I mean, Ravens I, defense. I, I, that, that's why I asked you that. The first thing that comes to my mind when say when you say the Ravens for the last twenty years, I think of defense. Yeah, have to. Um, now, 
here's the other thing. I, and I know that this maybe may not be this year, John, but maybe next year when they kind of get a little bit of affordability in the cap, people want to defensive guys probably want to play for Wink Martindale. Uh, yeah, no, he's a guy that guys will definitely you know want to I mean? play with. It's fun. And so, uh-huh. I, and I know that that makes a difference in free agency. Organizations, coaches, those are all things that guys look at when, when they have choices. Right. Some guys, some just don't have choices. But the big guys, you know, they want to yeah. come here, the defensive ends, linebackers, whoever. I'm, by the way, I do think it's a good fit in a couple ways. One, the Giants have invested heavily in their secondary in both the draft and free into the last few years. Go and, through it. And they may Jackson, even do it this year. James Bradbury, um, Love. Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson, Julian Love in the draft, Xavier McKinney in the draft, Logan Ryan is a free agent. A lot of guys back there. Right. So that's where your strength has to be if you're going to blitz a lot. And the whole reason you blitz is that you don't have those great pass rushers to win mm-hmm. one-on-one. And right now, look, we've talked about it a million times. That's the one thing the Giants don't have right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to get pressure you got to bring more guys than the other team can block. And by the way, I, I think we all, all agree with some of those young guys towards the last quarter of the season, including uh, Carter. I think these guys started to play a little bit yeah. better. Well, and of course, Ojolari did well all year, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so I think there is some promise there. Uh, Lorenzo Carter is going to be a free agent. Depends on what Joe Shane and uh, Brian Dable and, by the way, Wink Martindale, if he is hired as a defensive coordinator, think about him. Uh, he really started to come on towards the quarter end of the season. I mean, that's the best I've seen him play since he's been here, Lorenzo yeah. Carter. So, look, those guys can come on. You win with some numbers. You have the strength in the back end. So I think given how the Giants' defense is structured right now with the players on the roster, again, we don't know how it's going to change. Yeah, but you I can think imagine the style, it's going to be the same. I think the style matches. Yeah, It really yeah. does, right? Because you're trying to create pass rush with pressure because you can't win one-on-one with pass rush, right? Right. And you're depending on your back end where you've put a lot of your resources to cover that up with good coverage. So I do think that makes sense. And again, that's just based off Adam Schefter's report. The Giants have not announced it. If you're just tuning in, uh, Adam Schefter reported the Giants were close to uh, in the process of signing Wink Martindale, Don Martindale, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, to a contract. And again, Giants haven't announced it. Things can change. As we know, he got to sign the dotted line. Hasn't happened yet. But that's what we're discussing right now. The other thing, too, is when you look at this draft, uh, the players that are you know plentiful this year, there's a lot of cornerbacks good safeties. So, you know, maybe the Giants still try to build on some of that depth they already have. You know, they could have the chance to draft the top cornerback in the draft, the Stingley kid from LSU. Maybe that's something they want to do. Go and, yeah, and then even the safety from... um, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Man, he is big dude. No, he's... I mean, he's legit. Like, does Martindale think of him as, wow, this could be like our version of, like, Ed Reed? You know what I mean? And again, and I'm, not I, say, I'm not saying he's Ed Reed, <laughs> who's one of the best no, no. cover safeties of all time, but play that but, deep center field ball hulking role, not saying Kyle Hamilton is Ed Reed, that he would play that role. That's right. all I'm saying. Well, I mean, you also get a player like that on a rookie contract through his, I mean, way, you know, you have a player like that on a rookie contract already and Xavier McKinney too. Yeah. He's pretty good at that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, the guy is, is, but you know what that's telling me now? People are going to be like, did we just draft a defensive player in the first round? <laughs> People are going to go crazy. Yeah. Not a linebacker, though. No, no, no. I'm right. just, no, not a linebacker. Yeah. Well, we, we know Giants don't do that. Forget about that. <laughs> Carl's still riding on that one yeah, every, yeah, every Carl year. Is, Carl is riding I'm on that one. I'm still the last guy. 
<laughs> yeah. That would right. be interesting. So let's let's jump to the Joe Shane interview. I did. I conducted it at the very start of the Senior Bowl in Mobile last week. Uh, we did some questions on this Senior Bowl, some some basic stuff, and then I really Jeff wanted to get a feel for what his kind of draft philosophy yeah. is and, and how he looks at players. I'll tell you the a couple things that stood out to me. I'm curious to get your take if anything that you know maybe I didn't catch that I thought was important that that you think really jumped out at you. But the first thing is that. While he made sure to say, look, if, if we're in the second round and we see a first-round grade drop, we're willing to move up to get him. But he basically said, in, in these words, given where the Giants are right now, we want to have as many swings of the bat or throws at the dartboard mm-hmm. as you can in, in terms of picks. So yeah. they already have extra picks, right? They have an extra one. They have an extra three. They have an extra four. The question now— How many more extras? Do you want more? He does. So it sure sounded that way, right? Yeah. So, again, you need a partner. you got to find value in that trade down. It has to make sense for you, and maybe no one's going to want to trade up. We don't know how that's going to work. But he seems very open to potentially moving down to acquire extra picks as you're trying to rebuild this roster. Well, I think that you, you, you had mentioned you know, draft day maneuver, going up, down, that kind of stuff. I see what, what proceeds that. I think that... There might, I think, in my opinion, there may be some things happening, obviously, with the salary cap, okay, some trades. And by the way, you, it's a great point, Jeff. You don't just have to clean up the salary cap by cutting guys. No. You can clean up the salary cap by, by trading guys them a, because yeah. you get the same cap savings if you trade a guy as if you cut him. 100%. And, and, and that's what you always try to do first. Yep. But you mentioned it earlier. You have to find a partner. Right. So, And by the way, they're not going to be – they're not trading guys that are basically going up and down the roster on – practice squad we're talking about a james bradbury a guy of that caliber that could save some money on the cap things like that not saying that they're going to do this but we're just talking about this is that you know that could bring you x you know could bring you two draft picks could bring you one whatever depending on where they are yep Mm -hmm. but that to me sounds like i'm going to (laughs) we're going to use baseball terminology here i now have more seat i have a lot of people in the dugout now i got people that i'm getting right right? Mm -hmm. and so that to me is one thing and it sounds to me like this is kind of what he wants to do on draft day. He wants to have, I don't know, throw a number out there, 13, 14 guys. Well, look, it's a GM that's showing up to a roster that he had no hand in putting together. How do you put your stamp on a roster? By adding as many of the guys that you chose to the roster as you possibly can, right? And, you know, remember this, too. He's going to have to, you got to sign these guys, and you got to, these are people going forward, so... You don't have a huge cap to work with, so you want young guys because they don't yeah. cost you a lot of money. But you, and this is the trick of the trade: you got to find value in those guys to keep them around, that they can play and they can produce for you. You can have all the draft picks you want in the world, but if you're not drafting correctly, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, eventually, it's they're going to be gone. And that I think that is kind of when you talk about Joe Shane and and you did uh, just how things are changing and ever and ever so evolving about how you do things. Um, Joe Shane is going to change things around with some of his scouting stuff. I mean, he was down at the senior ball, basically evaluating the guy's scouting. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, and, and he already brought an assistant general manager from Philadelphia, Brandon Brown. And so, let's, let's mm-hmm. give, I mean, even though they're our rivals, but I mean, 
I think the Philadelphia Eagles are pretty darn good when they 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 get some good talent down there. Hey, what have we always said about the Eagles? They have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL every, every year. year. They know what they're doing. And and we sit back and scratch our heads and go like, why? Where do these guys come from? Well, Dallas and Philadelphia, and they've had some bad years sure. over the years. Yeah, generally they're pretty good at acquiring good yeah. players. And I think that Washington and Giants would be the you know the lower two. When you say that the other two guys, right? I mean, I, I, well, yeah, I would say at least in the last five, six years. That's sure. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, this whole thing is exciting. And again, I we're not speculating that anybody's leaving or what, but, or maybe we are, uh, but it's nothing for sure. But I think, you know, there is a lot of things that have to change in this building, including a maneuvering of this roster to get things going in the right direction. I mean, you don't bring an, a, somebody in from the outside of the organization like they did for the first time. You don't bring in... To have know, the status quo. You, you bring guys in for change. You have to. Yeah. And you've mm-hmm. got to be able to... And I'm sure this is difficult because I think that, you know, you run a department and imagine if you all of a sudden somebody just came in and wanted to change things, you would have a little bit of like, whoa, wait a second. But you'd have to step back and go, okay, well, you know what? Maybe, th- maybe this is going to work. I got to kind of buy into it. Yeah. No, it'll be well, you better. Yeah. You better buy into a cu- it. A cu- couple other things Jeff and then did I thought were yeah. important. Uh, the idea of premium positions. Oh, yeah. He yeah. enthusiastically Likes that. said he agreed with my premise. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny. I don't know if you've noticed how I kind of did the interview. I kind of threw out these ideas and premises that I believe in. And I'm like, do you think so, too? And it was music to my ears. Me and him are kind of on the same page on a lot of the stuff, to well, be honest with you. I think so, a lot of people are. Yeah. yeah. So he believes in premium positions, right? He mentioned corner. Receiver, pass rusher, offensive tackle, and quarterback. Premium positions. That left usually tackle. at the top of, he said left tackle specifically. Yeah. You're right, right, but I don't think there's much difference. But yes, fine, left tackle, whatever. He said left tackle. He, he did say left <laughs> tackle. But he understands that in order to acquire those types of players at those positions out oh, of the, the free oh, agent market. identify the money. <laughs> I got to pay, tw- pay $25,000 million, 25, oh. 000, $25 million for he this knows. guy. Yeah. He knows. So I he thought goes, that was impressive. If you want to find guys at these premium positions, you got to draft them. Yeah. And if you look at the guys he drafted in Buffalo, defensive end, defensive end, quarterback, go down the list. He used a first round pick on a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, he go down the list. And again, he traded that first round pick for a wide receiver to get digs. He understands the value of premium positions. So I know we had a debate with callers a week or so ago. You know, do you pick a center with the seventh overall pick in the draft? Doesn't sound that way. Uh, well, I don't think a lot of people consider that a premium position. Right. Well, just based on the market, right? I mean, they yeah. found their starting center in Buffalo, Mitch Morse, you know, for a relative bargain. So just an example. Uh, before we get to a couple of points, let's open up the phones. Give us a call, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You having trouble with that mic there, Jeff? No, I'm just— I'm yeah, look- If you, like, back up a little bit, then you can—there you go. Now you can kind of bring the mic towards you. And it doesn't have to be bent all weird. There you go. Now you're cooking with gas. I like you're good gas. now? Gas is a lot cheaper than electricity, too. Well, gas isn't very cheap right now, though, well, if you're trying to fill up your tank. I know. It's all expensive. Um, so anyway, give us a call. The phones are open, 201-939-4513. We're going to lose Pearson for a few minutes. So get your calls, and we'll get you up. Then we'll take calls for the rest of the show. A uh, couple other notes, Jeff, that I noticed in that interview that, that, that I thought were important. We talked about the premium positions. We talked about trading down. He talked about thresholds for positions. My feeling is that some of the athletic testing and weigh-ins and numbers are going to be important. That he has certain numbers he wants to see depending on where you're going to play your guy. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, if a guy doesn't meet those number thresholds, 
we have to then figure out, well, how can he overcome that? And he mentioned Devin Singletary. Right, right, right. Who was considered one of the top running backs in the draft class that year. But he ran, I think he ran a 4-6 something in the 40. It was bad. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? He can break tackles. He's really quick. So we think he can overcome that. So I do think when we get to the combine here, Jeff, it's going to be really important to keep an eye on these numbers to see if guys meet those thresholds. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting, though, in Buffalo, he did draft two defensive linemen that did not test exceptionally well. A.J. Epinesa, who tested terribly, Bill still drafted him in the second round, and Gregory Rousseau, who tested okay. Yeah. Not great. He was okay. They drafted both those guys. Now, those are later first-round picks, too. They weren't you know, top of right, the draft right, right. guys. So I'm curious to see, as we move along here, how he uses those numbers and the measurements and, and the testing in his process as he evaluates what players he wants in certain positions. Well, it also tells me, that from what you just said, that he's not putting credence in just the numbers, you know? Um, because, I mean, Gregory Rousseau, let's talk, just talk about him, okay? I mean... A lot of people had him higher than what he did, right? But, I mean, I, I just, I think that these guys fall in love with some people, too. I think that, you know, and by the way, I was just down in the video room talking to the video guys. They were looking at all the interviews that they were doing at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah. Folks, you don't even understand how many interviews these guys get. <laughs> it's a lot. Going yeah. through the process, right? I mean, so I feel like with it, with all of those interviews, I think that some some of these GMs and scouts they fall in love with some of these guys because I feel like their character sometimes is the measurables don't mean as much as the character, like a guy that's going to overcome some of those measurables that are they're deficient in. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it happens every year. You see guys that are drafted later when they should have been mm -hmm. because of some of the things that maybe the teams didn't like, but all of a sudden, next thing you know, they go to the Pro Bowl. Like, what is, how does that happen? Right. Guy, we have one open line, folks, by the System. way. Let, let, let's get in. 201-939-4513. Two other questions I thought were interesting, and then we'll get to your calls. I thought it was interesting when I asked him about how you figure out what players can develop <laughs> and what players can't. Because that's something that I struggle with, right? You know, you had Josh Allen. We saw him coming out. Raw as hell. Well, look where he came from. 52% completion percentage Wyoming? in his I mean, first year in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Second year, he was still under 60%. You know, Jeff, in this day and age, under 60% completion percentage? That means people are saying, we wasted the draft pick. Correct. It's bad. It's mm -hmm. a bad number. Yeah. Then it jumped to almost 70% in his third year. So uh, my question is that it's very easy to, to determine what these players are now, right? That's easy to figure out. Make sure that phone pod is up, Pearson, before you walk away. Thank you. Don't you get out of here before you do that, Pearson. <laughs> because if that's not up, I'll have Pearson's to dive hungry. over Jeff in order Make, to reach Take your that food, because John will eat it. <laughs> um, I will eat it. That's true. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Um, but, you know, it's easy to figure out what these guys are now, right? Yeah. It's easy to say, all right, well, this guy can do this now. Like Michael Parsons last year, right? We know what he can do now. But what can he be? So how can you figure out which guys can develop their innate talent to become better football players and what guys are going to struggle to develop from what they are now. And I thought he gave a really interesting yeah. answer about how that's really the work the scouts have to do with these guys off the field to figure out which guys really love the game are going to put in the extra time, are going to be self-reflective and understand I need to improve here and are willing to put the work in to do that. And he seems to have a pretty good feel of how to identify those guys. He mentioned yeah. Dawson Knox in Buffalo, for example, the tight end. Yeah, I mean, well, how many balls did he catch? He had zero touchdowns. I think he had 40 career catches in yeah, three, we were saying, three years. About the other day, yeah. It was nothing. So 
I thought that was a really interesting answer too about how you kind of identify those types of guys. I think that's a special skill. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I agree. It, and, it's a, and I don't think everybody has it. Because you're almost judging a ca- the character of a guy. But that's kind of yeah, what I right. was, before we went in, that's why I was kind of trying to, to explain is a little bit like, I think that these guys fall in love with their characters because they're, they have the ability to try to, they kind of understand how this guy's going to work in the system and that they understand that if, where they came from in the system. So for instance, you know, the Knox, the res- wide, re- the tight end. Yeah. Doesn't come from a big school. Doesn't probably. I mean, he, he's not. Yeah, he, a, he was Ole Miss, right? If I'm not but, mistaken. But, yeah. Oh, was it Ole Miss? Yeah, he was Ole Miss, I think. Right, well, yeah. it's pretty big school. No, but he was. Oh, he was on the same team with uh, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Oh, okay. So well. who the hell's throwing him the <laughs> ball good, when you got good AJ chance Brown? Chance of getting the ball there. No wonder exactly, he didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my point is, is that these guys they see, and maybe he wasn't a, pro- a good example, but somebody that comes from another program that has the intangibles that these guys could see at the pro level. Mm-hmm. And then you bring them in for interviews and they're like, they have the humongous football acumen. They have these great skills and they're like, okay, you know what? This guy's going to transition. It may take two years, but you know, by the second year we got this guy. And by the way, nobody's thinking this and we're going to get him in the fourth round when he should be, we think we've got a second round grade on him. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And you, by the way, all of this takes patience. Oh, it has to. Extreme patience. Yeah, because you draft a Dawson Knox, it might take you two years to get what you want out of him. So, and I, I believe that every year going into the draft and into the offseason, you have to understand where you're at collectively with your team. Right. And 100%. I think right now they are, they're finding out about this team. Yeah. All right. Final point, Jeff, about that interview. And again, go and watch it, folks, if you haven't. I did a one-on-one with Joe Shane about 10 minutes at the Senior Bowl. Some really interesting stuff in there about draft strategy, roster building, that I think will give fans a uh, pretty good idea of exactly how he's going to handle some of this stuff. So... He's a great interview. He's really good. Very honest. Yeah, and, and, and uh, it, you, you, feel like, you feel like you're just hanging out with him. And Jeff, we finished. He's like, oh, do you have any more questions? You know, those are good. Do you have anything else for me? Oh, you know, it's re- He's terrific. Um, final point. And I don't think I asked the question particularly well. I meandered around my question. And I finally got to it at the end. It was like a 30-second question, which I hate doing, but <laughs> I, I, I couldn't quite articulate it right. When you have a player in the draft that you know is really good, but you know he's only going to be really good if you put him in a specific role, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you ask him to do what you think he can do well. You know, but your coaching staff maybe doesn't have that particular vision for a, that position, right? It's a tough one. So how do you balance then picking the most talented best guy with picking the guy that you think can succeed with what your coaches are asking him to do? And he basically said that we're going to let the coaches dictate that. Where And he said, look, if you draft a guy that you think can be a great football player, but the coaches don't want to use him in a way that allows him to realize that greatness, you're wasting the pick. 100%. And the player is going to get flushed down the toilet. Yeah. So he basically said that, and he reiterated something he said at the press conference, which I, I guess I should have anticipated this was his answer. But he said, you have to work with the coaches. They will give you an outline of what you wanted, what they want each position to be able to do. Then you find players to match that. So he seems to really understand the fact that, look, I just can't throw a good player at these guys and say, go figure out how to use them. Yeah. Like that was our big Isaiah Simmons conversation two years ago, sure, right? right? You need a plan he played for this everything. guy. Remember, he right. played everything. Played everything. So what's your plan for him? It seems to me that he understands that no matter who they draft, 
There has to be a plan to use him in a way that maximizes his And talent. by the way, that's a guy, prime example, how all of a sudden, the first year, we didn't hear anything of him. Oh, he barely played. I mean, so then what about second year? It's great. All of a sudden now, so there's a prime example of that. If I had to ask you this question, honestly, when you think of the last five years of who that one player is that maybe the Giants drafted that didn't get the most out of where they put him in production... Good Particularly question. on offense, I'll give you. I'll give you it on offense. I I know who you're thinking. You're thinking '88. Yes, I knew you would. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean that that's a prime example of, and and again, I I don't know if he's going to be back or if he goes to another team. But if he does go to another team and somebody follows that calculation that you just said, mm-hmm. what it would be? <laughs> I mean, we love the guy. I mean, he's a oh, as a person, he, as like a, he checks every character he is, box. You absolutely, want. yes. And would love for him to go do well somewhere, but maybe they put him in a system where all of a sudden now they they utilize him and they, to the maximum of his ability. And next thing you know, he is really that Pro Bowl player. I mean, a lot of people last year, the year before, were like, "Oh, how does Evan Green Ingram make the Pro right. Bowl?" He did, so don't take that away from him. But so we'll see what happens. Um, but I was trying to think of you know, if there was another guy like that on defense. I'm not sure if I could find. Um, I don't know about defense. Defense is harder than offense because Evan Ingram immediately came to my mind. Would you have an idea of somebody maybe in the last three or four years on defense? That they've that, misused? Uh, I, I kind of find it hard to misuse you know, you guys on defense. You can make the argument that maybe Lorenzo Carter is more of a 4-3 outside linebacker than 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, maybe that's the best one, maybe. You know, corners are corners, right? That's what I'm saying. Like corner safeties, they're all. I mean, they Julian just, Love. Maybe it took him a year to figure out what to do with him. Yeah, but I, I feel I, no, I I like I like Lorenzo Carter. I think is one. Um, I don't know if you could go with one of the defensive linemen where all of a sudden you say, you know what, they should have been more of a three yeah. technique than an inside one. I, no, Lorenzo. Like I said, I think it's harder to find that yeah, guy on defense. I agree. All right, folks, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Everybody, again, make sure you go check out that Joe Shane interview on the John Siddle podcast. It really was fantastic, and uh, a lot of good information in there. There's more stuff than what we talked about. Go check it out. All right, you ready to go to the calls here, Mr. Beagles? I see the calls are lighting up. Yeah, let's go to Rick in Tampa. He was the first one in. He'll be first up today. Rick, what's going on? What's up, guys? What's That's up, Rick? first one in today. How, yeah. how are you? How are you? We're good. Hey, hey. Uh, I a lot going on. Real quickly, the uh, I hope our new defensive coordinator uh, channels his inner uh, gamemanship that he learned from his grandfather. Um, you know what I mean by that? Gamemanship. Yes. Sir. Yeah. No. Yeah. Gamemanship. Wink. Got it. Yeah. Week Martindale. Get it. Get it. Now, <laughs> now, is, is that is, is that is that his actual dad? Grandfather? Uh, it's a joke. But is, oh. is he related? Because they no, call I don't his think name so. his first name. They call him now. But they, cause his, his nickname is Wink. Yes, uh, that's every correct. Time they I are not related, him, though. I think of Wink Martindale. That's, that goes right to game show early uh, uh, Monday, weekday morning, off school, watching some kind of game show. So yes. anyway, that's the joke of the day for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, first things, uh, now that we have our coach, when is when are you going to have him in the opening, uh, you know, take? You, gotta, uh, oh. you know, you have uh, – 
you got to get him in there somewhere. The so big, he's our coach. Nah, so you know what? I, I I didn't slide Judge into the open until we played some games. So I think we need to see some games okay. first. I didn't, before. I didn't know that. Okay. There's a precedent then. I didn't know that. Okay. We set the precedent. We'll wait till the game start. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. One thing, first of all, Jeff, uh, I, did I uh, saw on Twitter or something about we did we sign a, a new punter or was that did I see that wrong? I didn't see that. I, I did see it. I'm no, not. I, I can't not. confirm it or deny it. Um, but I did. I did read about uh, Jamie Gill- Gillian. I think is. His oh name. wait a second. Maybe I did see that. Was that, to a. Uh, was that yeah. the same story that they had about Davis Webb? Yes. Oh, it was that yeah. same yeah. thing? I got you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, All you right. know he's uh, played for three years for Cleveland, um, a veteran. You know, so I think they're going to bring him in to compete with uh, Riley Dixon. That's that's all okay. you can really see there, you know. That's it. Okay, okay. I saw that. I just want to ask you about that. The um, two things. Uh, well, three quick things. One, uh, Kyler Murray. This all this talk. Do you think he's going to be going somewhere else? All this uh, disgruntledness with Arizona. And do you ever see him in any of the New York teams? So that's that. Um, the other one is. I know Jeff, you're on to this too with the draft picks. Um, if we were to give up our first pick for a trade, would you take a, a, this another second for this year and a first for next year for our our fifth pick? Do you like that idea? I know Jeff, you mentioned that you were kind of intrigued about definitely trading down for that. So it would Is be the, it would be the second this year and one next year. Wait, wait, hold on. What, uh, yeah, tra- what's trade, the trade rec? Just the fifth. Remember, I was saying you give up one of those draft. Yeah, picks, sure. Uh huh. Trading it. So he's right. saying, would you give up a, would you what take you a back? second and a first next year? No, absolutely not. I think reverse order. I would have to be a first this year. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, because it, I'm not, it also depends how far you're moving back, too. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. you can't just say, Rick, yeah. what would you take for it? depends how far you, like, if you're right, only moving two it, spots yeah. and you pick up an extra two, but it'll have to be the two next year or this year. Like, if you're trading your one this year, you want to get, uh, you know, at least the one this year back, or if you're trading back all the way to the second round, you better get like an extra one and a three, yeah. or something like well, that. I think in that's what Rick's saying. Right. I think that's what he's saying. Well, he, right. he didn't say right. extra, but that would mean you'd be getting a one, two, and a three, not just like one, a two, and a one. You know what I mean? Are you are yeah. you saying that you you if you trade that one pick this year, you're not getting? You're saying for next year because you're going out of the first round. You're only going to have one pick this year in the first round. Uh, uh, yes, in a sense, only because we have a top pick in the first round because we pick first in the second round. That's kind of like a first round to me in my mind. Um, but but yes, and then we'd have – it isn't not. But, yeah, all right. I'm just thinking that because of that, I say three picks we have in the first round because that's the beginning of the second round. If we had a couple more in the second round, that would be so deep and we'd be able to really build around uh, – what we have, the nucleus, obviously, with Daniel Jones being here back and uh, Saquon and the, the staff that we, uh, the team that we have right now. So it's just something to consider. And now with the with, with the Senior Bowl and everything played, um, as you, you were talking about the the combine, which as I've just discussed on the show a million times, that to me is useless to watch players lift and jump and all that stuff. I want to see the game tape and how they play and how they use their mind and their heads in, in the game. I've always been a proponent for that versus just their how fast they run that kind of thing, and we've talked about that before. But I, I'm, I'm just excited for the draft and what's going to be. So I just, you know, I was just curious of where you think they're going to trade or not. So that's it. Yeah, thank you, Rick. I just, I just think it's it's really too 
early to tell. And by the way, Frank on Twitter makes a good point. Uh, I said the Giants had two fourths this year. They have two fifths. He was correct. I forgot. They got that four, extra fourth round pick in the trade with Chicago last year. But that was a fourth round pick in last year's draft, not this year's draft. That's where I got the oh, wires whoa, crossed whoa, whoa, there. And okay, then I yeah. think they actually ended up trading that fourth round pick to then move up to draft. In the third? Robinson, I think, in the third round, something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, they don't have two fourths this year. They have two fifths. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate always being uh, – I, I think, where this, right I think where this team's at, and there's no doubt in my mind that you need the you need two first-round draft picks that you're, gonna, you're not going to get out of – I mean, I, I, was, I was saying that if you are going to trade, you're not getting out of the first round without two draft picks. That, I'm going to make that clear. You know what I'm saying, John? I'm not going to trade for somebody's going to give me a one next year and two twos this year. I'm just saying, I'm I'm st- I need to stay in the first round for those two picks. I got to, I have to. Does it really matter to you if, say, it's the 27th pick in the first round yes. versus like the second pick in the second round? Does that matter? No, that to you? doesn't matter to me. Right. I, I mean, if I'm going to go, let's just say we're going to trade the five. I'm not the five. I'm not going down. No, anywhere near the two. Tw- there's not a two in front of that. Okay. Twenties. I got to stay in the teens now. Well, you're probably not getting an extra first round pick for that then. But I'm gonna no. But I'm gonna still keep my first round pick, and then I'm gonna pick up a couple other ones too. On day two picks, maybe something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Two hundred one nine three nine four five one three. You don't think you don't think that you don't think they would, they would give up a first round next year for that. It depends. Depends how on who far they're going back. to get. I mean, right? if you're going all the way down to like eighteen, probably. Like eleven or twelve, I would take it. Maybe not. I would definitely take. I don't it. know because now I have two next year again. Right. Well, th- that's what I'm about. I want to have. Th- I want to have those two ones next year. I think next year's. You talk about at bats. I think next year you need all the ammo you can get. So if you want, if you need to move, you can move. Right. I'm with you. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. David Manchester is up next. Dave, what's going on, pal? Hey Jeff and John. Nice Hi. talking to you guys again. You what's too? up? Um, Hey, uh, I was wondering a couple of cap questions I got for you. Um, if they were to um, cut Sterling Shepard, um, would they have to give him an injury settlement, and um, would that count against the cap this year? I'm not sh- honestly. I don't know how injury settlements work. Um, I'm not. I'm not fam- super familiar with those rules. It's a good question, Dave. I don't have a good answer in terms of how that works for injury settlements. Jeff, do you have an idea with that? I'm not sure how it works on the cap. Neither do I. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, okay. they, could, they could cut him while he's hurt, right? And they just give him a settlement. Um, but I feel, like, I feel like that's just a normal, like a normal release of a player, and they're going to have to absorb whatever cap hit this. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't save a, a ton of money on Sterling either because they restructured his contract last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, um, if we were to cut uh, James Bradbury, um, do you think what you've, what, from what you guys have seen of Aaron Robinson this year and what he's played, do you think that he would be adequate or, or uh, uh, worthy of starting alongside um, Adoree Jackson? The corners? I, I don't know. I, I didn't see enough of him playing outside cornerback this year to be able to make that determination. Coach is probably a better idea than I do, but I did not see enough. Just snaps and, and snaps outside playing those guys where I have a good feel for that. I think it's going to be interesting to see, number one, who the defensive coordinator is going to want 
um, playing those positions. And by the way, what Joe Shane and his staff and people are going to do about, you know, what they're going to do with this roster. If you if you look at what's about to happen with this roster, I can, you know you got to certainly understand that next year's team is probably not going to go to the Super Bowl. So I think there's a lot of things that we have to understand that there might be a situation where maybe they say we are going to play the young guys just because we have to. We're going to take some hits this year to succeed in future yeah. years. Yeah, and right. by the way, mm-hmm. there's no substitute for experience, right? So get mm-hmm. these guys. I mean, Robinson had some experience last year. Um, thought he played pretty good. And, you know, can he be a starter? I, I, that's what they, they want to be. Um, but we'll, ha- we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I like, the, I like the, the ability. I like what the kid brings to the table. I thought he played exceptionally well in certain positions. I thought he played good. All right, guys, thanks a lot. I appreciate your Thank you your for time. calling in. We appreciate you. All Thank right. you, Dave. Appreciate the call, man. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. And Len is in Columbia, Maryland. Len, how are you? Hi, Len. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Great. Um, first off, kudos to ownership. Uh, right after the uh, announcement yesterday of the big signings of Davis Webb and the punter, Jeff, <laughs> I opened my email, and uh, there was my invoice for next year. So <laughs> I, I guess that was the uh, – <laughs> I guess that's the big motivator. We're going to get David. Well, you, you rushed and got your yeah. checkbook, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There well, you go. In but, fairness, hey, it, it, uh, it is exactly – there's a bunch of guys in the market right now you can go in and swoop up that are going to be high profile. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but let, let me just say, they, they, they did hold um, – you know, ticket. I think this is the you know fourth year in a row now, if I'm counting correctly. Uh, we're regular season games. Um, you know, same price per ticket, and they maintained the value pricing on the preseason games, and parking remained the same. Although I don't know that the Giants have a lot to do with the parking price, but um, you know, it's a it's it's a tough world out there. But they did what they had to do, and that is whole prices uh, on those tickets. So. I think they I, should I, come up with the price on how to get out of the parking lot quickly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think that there would be a go. premium. Um, you, you, you know, you know. Interesting, um, Jeff. I get out of there about as fast as anybody, and I stay till the end of the game. Um, what are you teleporting out of there? Or what, well, uh, I'm, 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 I, I have a disabled sticker. Uh huh. Um, unfortunately, except for Giants games, when I say fortunately. So I'm right down the bottom of the escalator from my section. Oh, and okay. I'm, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the turnpike in ten minutes. Um, All right. Well, you deserve just that. Truly, that's good. Truly, you know, pure pure luck. I mean, that's just the way it worked out. But um, well, well, okay. hey, Jeff. So, by the way, know, kudos, Jeff, you know, by the way, John, John and I never have a problem leaving the stadium either. Well, because we're, we're there late. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and yeah, by the way, hours. Jeff has a really bad knee. Maybe we need. Maybe we. <laughs> I need a handicap sticker. Yeah. Maybe we need to get you one of those placards. No, nah, I'm okay. I would never do that. <laughs> I, would, I would. I would. I would wait for somebody else that's way worse than I am to have yeah. that kind of a sticker. So. Yeah. 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 There you go. What um, else you got? Well, uh, let, let me let me say, um, John, it was a good interview with the general manager, first of all. Thank you. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk about uh, a question that you, you, you guys have just talked about extensively, uh, which was, um, you know, the kind of football players we're looking for. I think it was the last question that you, uh, or, you know, that you had for Shane. Uh, and I wanted to speak on that a little bit, because that, that's the exciting part to me, where I, I think we're beginning to find out that kind of, team um you know they really want to be how we're going to compete particularly in the nfc east 
Um, I want to talk about Martindale a little bit, if I can. Um, I'll tell you one thing about this guy. We we are going to stop the run, John. Yep, no, John. Yeah, you are going to do that. That's no question about it. We are, we are going to stop the run. Now, he's not going to say, we're going to try to stop the run. We'd like to stop the run. We're going to stop the run. And, and by the way, he will sacrifice other things to stop the run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely, and he'll 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 also be telling Joe Shane pretty quickly, and Coach Stable pretty quickly that to be able to do that, I'm going to need a nose tackle. Um, and don't be surprised, guys. Brandon Williams, end of his second contract. I know he's heading for his tenth year, but he's still got something left. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't sign Austin Johnson and we don't sign Shelton, which is probably a given. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Brandon Williams was here, and then uh, you know next year maybe a two-year contract. And then John, I know you scouted a lot of big men who can play right there in the middle at the Senior Bowl, particularly the kid from Connecticut. Yep. So when you get out into one of the later rounds, maybe a kid like that as a backup to, to Williams. The second thing Martindale is going to tell you, he's going to tell the coach, is we are woefully slow on defense. And you got to get me some fast guys, both at linebacker and in the defensive backfield, if we're going to be able to compete. If we trade back, and I really don't want to do that. I, I want to keep five and seven, but just say it happens. And we're somewhere, Jeff, you know, around 15 to 18, which is the numbers that you kind of threw out there. Um, look at that kid from Georgia. Dean, is that his name, Jeff? Um, John? Wait, is wait, it Dean? Who's what, the pass answer? rusher? What position yeah, are you talking no, about? Uh, um, no, um, Devontae yeah, Wyatt yeah, he is can the rush defensive the passer, tackle. But, are you talking about no, the no, tackle? No, no, not the tackle. No, 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 the linebacker, the real fast guy. Dean, I think is. Channing Tindall, you're talking about? Say again, John. I'm Channing sorry. Tindall is one of the guys. Is he a, is he an off ball linebacker or an edge rusher? It, 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 no, he's a, he's an off ball linebacker. Isn't there a linebacker at Georgia named Dean D E A N last name? There might be. Uh, he was not at the Senior Bowl. I have not done all my. No, you know, no, no. He was not yet. at the. He right. was not. I'm, I'm, oh, no, uh, he was not at the Senior Bowl. He was not at the Senior. You're Bowl. talking about N'Kobe Dean. There you go. Nicole there you go. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think he's right there in that fifteen to eighteen range. Um, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna trade back, that that would be the kind of guy that I you, think Martindale's. You know, is really going to be. Are looking you sure for. he's draft eligible? I think he is. Jeez, I thought so. <clears throat> I thought he was. Um, yes, he did. He did declare. Yeah. That is correct. Yes, he did declare. He is available. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, he'd be he'd be perfect in that spot, uh, but I don't want to see. <laughs> I don't, and we got to find somebody else because I don't want to see it play out that way. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a bird in the hand guy, Jeff. I'm with I'm, you. I want I, I want five and seven. If we can't find two good football players at five and seven, then we got the rat, we, we we got the wrong guys picking. Yeah, and, and all jokes there aside, are players, there are going to be there are going to be some super players. The there, Ravens have used first round picks on linebackers before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this might be a, the first time yeah. in a while. So yeah, um, you know, so so I'm I'm one of the first thing I want to declare. One of the things I want to declare is I want to hang on to those picks. I'm I'm a. 
Uh, I'm a year-to-year guy, and uh, I'm a bird-in-the-hand guy. So if I'm the general manager, I'm hanging on to five and seven and feel pretty good about those two picks. Okay, hey, listen, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, looking forward to hearing more about what these, uh, what these coordinators want to do and the kind of team that we got to be to, you know, win games in the NFC East and start moving toward the playoffs. Great show as usual. Um, Thanks, Looking Len. forward to the um, off-season coverage here, particularly the draft coverage. It's always, it's you know, it's always great. We're getting there. And, uh, We're getting thanks there. Thanks for taking my call. Thank thanks you, Len. for taking my call. John's Appreciate notebook call, is already filling up. It is. I had a lot of so. senior bowl notes in there. Nicobe Dean, just sir. Uh, Dean Brugler, who's our one of the great draft experts we get on, he had a January nineteenth two round mock draft. He had Nicobe Dean as the twenty uh, first player taken by the Patriots. Okay, fast off ball linebacker. Len has a scouting report correct. Very nice. And by the way, wh- he said before he left the call, what to get this team back to NFC East football? Well, we know what the Giants' staple has always been has been defense. When you think about it. So this is could be that's where you want to start, in my opinion. But the Giants' offense is broke. We got to fix that. But the staple of the Giants most has always been big, tough defense. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. All right, folks, I have lost my call screener, so I do have two calls on hold. But you have not been screened, so I don't know who you are. So I'm just going to bring somebody up, and I'm going to ask you to tell us who you are, name, and where you're calling from. And if you just heard a click, that means you're on the air. Hello, how are you? Hi, it's uh, Scott from New Mexico. Hello, Scott. Hey, Scott. Uh, Jeff, this is for you. Okay, Scotty. What you got? Ah, there it is. See, I knew you were going to bring it back. Yeah, I have my wife tied to the tracks right now, so I can't talk too long. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me off the, Thank you, by the way. Morning, so, yeah. uh, honey, hold on. I'll be right there. <laughs> that is by far the funniest thing Scott has ever said on yeah, the show. Very good, Scott. <laughs> I don't know how long ago it was that you had that train go off in the background, but it's just always stuck with me, so I wanted to hear it again. Uh, well, I played it just for you. Thank you. But right. I, have, I have a pet peeve with both of you guys right now. Uh-oh. Uh, well, we have, a, we have a finger on the button right now. We can just easily just <laughs> cut you off. I don't know why you're discounting uh, a guy like Tyler Linderbaum. I know uh, centers are not generally uh, regarded as top draft choices, but if you look at PFF's grade on him, uh, he had the highest grade of a Power 5 center they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really irks me is I believe the center is the guy that helps call the signals for the offensive line, you know, gets the uh, lines where the defenses are and so mm-hmm. forth, helps the quarterback with that. So he's an integral cog in a wheel. And if a guy like that's available, maybe not at 5, but it's certainly at 7, and he's ranked higher than... Uh, according to PFF, he's ranked higher than the tackle, uh, Equim Aquanu, I think is his name. Aquanu, yeah, from NC State. Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't he be the uh, the choice? Because is everybody forgetting that the Giants were 4-13 and, and then they need offensive linemen? And, I, and a guy like that, I, I'm, I'm sort of relating it back to sort of what happened with Dallas when they drafted Travis Frederick, and I think he was drafted in the first round, if I remember. 30th. 30th? That's, Overall. That's where you usually find him. Yes, at the end of the right. first round. But uh, this guy is, an, is just an exception uh, so far as an athlete. 
And I know sometimes you can remove centers to guards and so forth, but why why aren't you guys a little bit higher on somebody like that for this offensive line? I know they need tackles. I know they need guards. But he's a real key that can really sort of become a centerpin for the team. So I want to get your analysis of him. And I had uh, one clarification question, which I'll ask now, and then I'll get off the line. Well, I, I get I, my, yeah, Scott. I mean, my, just I mean, j- uh, just to put it flatly, you can find a center. Like you don't need to spend a like seventh him, round though. pick on a center. I mean, the the Chiefs just drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round. He was an All Pro. Right, but but you like Creed Humphrey, second round yeah, pick. But, uh, Great, great guy. But I'm saying here's a guy that is outstanding. I mean, really outstanding. Uh, had the highest grade that PFF's ever given to any center. So I'm saying, why would we be so against that kind of thing? I'm not saying they're going to do it to Giants, right. but it just strikes me as this would be an ideal pick. Maybe not at five, but certainly if he's available at seven, I would definitely look at, at the possibility he's, of He's going to go in the first round. There's no question. And he's he probably going to go in the top fifteen. I, I would put him 15. at fifteen. Yeah, fifteen to take. twenty. Yeah, I would say okay. I would say maybe twelve to seventeen. But that's the, where I would kind of. Put but it. to answer your question, why right. is because I think there's too many other teams that feel that the players above the center position are more impactful and that would, you know, that would go higher than than the center. I just think that. Right. And so, but remember this. He's going in the first round because of all the attributes that you just said. I just right. don't see any team, whether it's the Giants at five or seven, r- sticking their neck out trying to find that, if you will, that generational center. I mean, he might be a generational center, but I feel like you could still get him in the middle, middle of the pack. And by the way, he might not okay. be a generational and, and, and center. Just because PFF has him the best ever, we've, whatever. We've had a couple of centers drafted in the first round the last few years that really haven't worked out. Look and, at Billy Price. Well, <laughs> Look at Bradbury. From is Carolina or Minnesota, Bradbury? Carolina, I believe. Carolina. You know, he hasn't really worked out. So, I mean, well, not just, only just you know, he, and I'll say this too, Scott. If you look at him from a scheme perspective, he is an undersized guy. So, if right. you want to run a downhill gap scheme where he's taking on nose tackles and trying to move guys out of holes, that's not going to be his thing. I watch the tape. He's a really good player. But if I'm drafting him that high... I better know I'm running an outside zone scheme where I'm going to get him right. on the move and I want to you know, mm-hmm. do reach blocks and, and have him use his athleticism and his technique to get the... That goes back to the... We talked about the Joe Shane interview, right? Put the guy in the best situation where he can succeed. So if you're going to run like an outside zone scheme where the center's super important, I mean, just look at the amount of money that Kyle Shanahan has spent on centers over the years to show how important that is right. to, to his scheme. You know, then maybe you consider it... Just historically, Scott, I, we have not seen a center drafted in the top ten in like thirty years, maybe more. Okay, and Which, even even guards, we've seen like three guards in the last twenty five years go in the top ten. And by the way, two of those guards ended up being busts: Chance Warmack right. and Jonathan Cooper. And by the way, right. I'm just I've been I just randomly went on Google and picked up two twenty two thousand twenty two mock drafts. You know, there's a million of them. Of course, right. Of two course. of the ones that I went to, you'll be happy to hear. Both of them had the Giants drafting Tyler Linderbaum. <laughs> okay, <laughs> look at this right here. I believe in the seventh pick. So you know, maybe okay. maybe you get your wish there. Who knows? Okay. But but, but to, real quickly, but to to John's point, whether it's a center or anybody, you know that the first round, all of these guys, they're all risks. They're, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? Well, like, it's there's no short I thing. get it. Uh, mm-hmm. When you draft any player, no matter yeah. what, it's a crapshoot. Right. So, 
but I want to get one point of clarification because my wife's squirming over there. Uh, the I just wanted to get a clarification with Brandon Brown and Abrams because they look like they parallel each other in regards to the the jobs they do. So I wonder if you can explain what Abrams does and what Brown does because they both are in charge of pro personnel. And it seems almost no, no, like I, redundant type of position, so I was wondering if you can clarify what each of those guys do. Well, Brandon Brown is the assistant judge. general manager now. so Yes, but he has pro personnel experience where he's uh, done stuff with the draft, so is Abrams. No, no, Abrams, uh, Abrams is not a pro personnel guy. Abrams is the okay. senior VP of operations and strategy. So he is and like... he's been in a salary cap position forever. Correct. That is his, his, okay. his expertise is more on the Contracts. You know, business side, managing that side of the building, managing mm-hmm. the analytics department, okay. like, like, like that sort of stuff. And I would say... That Brown is more on the scouting side of things, right. with an experience, more experience in pro, but he's obviously going to help, you know, work with all the college scouts too, and and make sure all that is organized properly under Joe Shane. Okay, all right. Well, thanks, guys. You're welcome. Uh, appreciate the comment. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate By the way, a uh, little little tidbit here. So the last contract, which I did my last two contracts on my own, my last contract was with Kevin Abrams. How that negotiation? And we're great. And we're good. You know, I mean, I we were on the same page did, for some stuff. Did you end up tying him to the train tracks? No, no. <laughs> he probably wanted to tie me to the train tracks after what I was trying to get out of him. <laughs> no, but we worked we worked well together. So uh, I like Kevin. I'm glad to. St- I actually sent him a text this weekend when I heard the news that he was coming back in a different capacity. But you know, a guy that's been around here a long time, like you and I, uh, it's been here for longer you know, than over, both over of twenty us. years. Yeah. yeah so. Um, yeah, long time. Yeah. I'm I'm 03. It's my first year. Senior VP of Operations and Strategy. That is his uh, new title. Got and a nice like you Brandon Brown, Assistant General Manager. So that's kind of where that goes. 201-939-4513. Again, we don't have a screener, so we have two more calls. Let's get them in. Call, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, this is uh, Mark calling from Barbados. Mark, what's up? Hello. Oh, wow, Barbados. you're in Barbados and you're taking the time to call us. God bless you, sir. You should be on the Thank beach. You. I am. <laughs> yeah, well, the beach is just out, out, out my back door, but that's okay. Uh, oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got snow I, at our I back call. door. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. I know how it is. I used to live in New York. Um, the, the I've only called a couple of times, so this is the first time I've ever called with you on, Jeff, so I just want to take the opportunity to say okay. thanks for all your oh, you're welcome. play and especially during this championship year, you know. Sure. Thank you. Now, you guys, you guys were talking about the um, the draft picks possibly and trading back or not trading the, the wise and wherefores of that. And I just was looking at the, um, the the possibility of trading back. I think obviously if you trade back, you'll get more at bats, as as Shane has said. Um, by the way, that was a really great interview, John. Thank you. And um, when I look at the possible partners for trading back, I mean, I see like. I know the pounders are at six, but if they're afraid someone may jump up in front of them, they're, they're possibly a partner. Maybe, and, and under the radar, maybe the Falcons, possibly. And there are eight Broncos at nine, uh, possibly the Vikings at 12, I don't know. That could be under the radar, too. The Saints at 18, Steelers at 20, and Buccaneers at 27. Those are the kind of partners I see there. Um, yeah, and frankly, so, and, and, I mean, and I think the guys that are that later in your in your question there are the ones that I would look at 
those teams that are coming off those veteran quarterbacks and are maybe they might bring in a short term stopgap and then you bring in one of these, you know, you draft one of these guys to develop. I feel like that's probably more likely than one of these Saints, teams lower. Saints, Saints are another at team. 18. Yep. Mm-hmm. Saints at 18, which is what you were just mentioned. Yeah, I think those are the teams that I would keep an eye on in terms of wanting to make that big jump. Because I feel like if you're, you know, the Panthers at six or you're sitting at what well, Broncos you said or nine or ten, whatever they are, you know, they probably oh, are like, eh, one of these guys dropped to us, that's fine. I don't know if they're going to want to spend the extra capital just to move up a couple spots. The, the, right. the Washington right. uh, Commanders. As we call them, which now. I like, by the way, commandos, I, I, commanders. I know uh, we're going to call commandos. them commandos. <laughs> I, I, I predicted that, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, right. I, I, th- I think it works because of commander in chief. Yeah, with, I like you know, it. I, I, I do. Like it. It's good. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're sitting at eleven, and I know that they want a quarterback. Yeah, Washington. but we don't trade with them, are we? Hey, hey, you know what? We might trade with them for a quarterback. I'd be more. Who cares? I don't care. Go get one of these quarterbacks that we don't believe in. Jeff and I are on (laughs) the same page on this. I know a lot of people disagree with us. If they're willing to give you an offer that makes your team better, I got no problem with it. I don't care. I'll take it. I I, I got no problem with it at all. And it's not like Washington has been really good at identifying great quarterbacks in the draft the last 30 years. So I think you're willing to take your shot there. And. And Maybe, believe it or yeah. not, we talked I mean, about they, the Jets. They're a perfect position. When I look at it, I saw them, but I was like, hey, are we going to really trade with them? I don't know. Hey, look, Maybe we might. If John, and, John and I are GMs. We're trading with them. Last year, Philly and Dallas <laughs> traded with each other, That's right? That's right. They did. Yeah. Yes, but it wasn't for, but it wasn't but it wasn't for the for a quarterback. Well, how about this? What if what if the Giants don't think these quarterbacks are any good and they want Washington to draft one of these quarterbacks because they don't think it's going to work out? That was my point. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> if they want to take one of I these guys that we don't point. like, yeah. let them have them. <laughs> That's, that's exactly that's what I was saying. Point. Yeah, uh, the Jets that's are another interesting point. pick at number ten. If they wanted to go up and get somebody, not a quarterback, but you know somebody that they really, really wanted, like maybe mm-hmm. another offensive lineman Hamilton, or, or a pass rusher. Yeah, Hamilton, pass rusher. Would, yeah. yeah, Hamilton would be what they might be looking for. But they, they, they but Hamilton might go with the top five, maybe. But they pick at four, right? Am I correct? Uh, the Jets have a fourth pick. The Panthers are at six. Um, which is where the, the mock that I'm looking at, just going through the names, they have the Panthers picking Kyle right. Hamilton, uh, which, by the way, right. I don't, whoever gets him, they're going to get a heck of a football player. Um, right, right. Yeah. He, no, he's, he's, he's good. He's, he's definitely good. I, I like his, uh, He's his actually uh, <laughs> he's kind of trending. Like last year I was all over uh, my guy, Kyle Pitts, right? So I'm trying mm-hmm. to find that guy that I'm going to drive all of my – Comrades, Here's the problem, crazy. Kyle Hamilton. He's a great player. I love him. He plays the same position as Xavier McKinney. Yeah, no. I'm, yes, no here's the thing. I'm not saying I'm, I'm looking. I'm not saying he's my guy. I'm I just saying you. I'm trying to find my guy this year that I that uh, I, okay. I can't mm-hmm. I can't do without. And by the way, I, I was watching this stupid Pro Bowl stuff this weekend, and Kyle Pitts was there. I, I am proud to say that I have now gone the like 30th consecutive year without watching one second of Pro Bowl coverage. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I just watched some of the skills things. You know what? And, and I actually have watched the skills thing. I didn't watch the skills things this year, but the skills thing is okay. You know what I miss? And um, appreciate the call, by the way. One more call we got. We got to go. Thank you. Thank you. And have fun in Barbados. Um, oh, he's already having fun. You don't yeah, have to wish him to have not. fun. That's true. You know what I miss and why I like those Pro Bowl skills competitions? You probably, I don't know if you ever went to one of these. Do you remember the old Jeep Superstars competitions in Hawaii that they did? 
and they would air on like the weekends, and you would have the different players from the different sports on the beach. compete against each other and like races and weightlifting yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I and like Herschel Walker used to dominate it because he was just such an amazing <laughs> I do remember. athlete. Now bring those up. Yeah. I love those old yeah. Jeep Superstars competitions; they were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't have those anymore, but I think this is kind of like the. And even uh, do you remember the old uh, quarterback club competitions mm-hmm. when they used to have the mm-hmm. quarterbacks club? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they used to go in that you have all the events and see yeah. which guy did the best. I always liked those, those when I was a kid. Made for TV events. Yeah. They were kind of cool, mm-hmm. which is kind of what the skills challenge is all about. Um, I thought the one with the kickers this year was quite cool. I don't know if you caught it, but behind the goalpost, they had a bunch of squares, boxes, and the kickers had to hit them into these boxes. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, final call of the show. We got to wrap this sucker yep. up. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Where oh, are this you? is Neil in New York. I know who it is, actually. Hey, Neil, what's going on? Yeah. Well, yeah, sorry I'm not in Barbados or anywhere like yeah, that. Yeah, well, so are we. Wow. Just up, upstate New York. We're in East Rutherford. Um, Which is not like Barbados at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. That's not exactly, it's not like a sister city that I can <laughs> Poughkeepsie, Bar- Barbados, it's all the same thing, right? There we go. I'm, I'm closer to Poughkeepsie than Barbados. <laughs> um, so we have, we have five picks in the first 81 picks. Am I correct in that? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, that's like a treasure trove, you know. I mean, I, I really hope Joe Shane can really, like, not take the smartest guy in the room approach uh, with some strange picks. But I got I got one guy, maybe third round, I'd like to see them grab from Georgia, uh, named Jeremy Salyer. Okay? So, like, I don't think we have to go two offensive linemen in the first, you know, in round one. You know, there's good guys you can get in round three. And um, I'm looking forward to the draft, but that's all I have to look forward to every year lately. Yeah, sadly, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I, I'm like... We're going to change before. that. It's going to change this year. So, All right, I'm ready for a change. I've been with this team since 1960, okay? First game I ever listened to was when Bednarik knocked out Gifford. <laughs> so, okay, All right. I go back, and uh, yeah, let's let's end this ten year cycle and have a ten year cycle of good to great football, and then I can die happy. Detino uh, was on the sideline back then. Thank too. you, Neil. Appreciate the call, buddy. Detino was on the sideline. Yeah, he was covering the game, game actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Inter- interview both those guys after <laughs> the game. <laughs> and somehow he was still quoting Bill Parcells in the interview. No, Bill Parcells hadn't become a coach yet. <laughs> he was, he, somehow he looked into the future and was he quoting He was still Parcells. living in Oradell somewhere. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, just one point that he made, and I think one of the reasons I'm okay with trading back was if you stay put, I don't think you can pick two offensive linemen at five and seven. No. Unless, uh, unless you pick two tackles. And you want to move one of them into guard. But I still think that's a big risk. You don't want to pick a guy at seven and then change positions. That's kind of a risky type of thing there. So if you really want to load up on offensive linemen, which I am okay with. Trade back. That's one of the reasons why I would like to trade back. Like mm-hmm. if you can get back, even if you get to 18 or 20 or 21, you might get the best guard in the class. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you get the best tackle in the class and you get the best guard in the class and you get an extra pick next year. Where the heck do I sign for that? That I, sounds fantastic. I'm signing up for that. And by the way, I'm still I'm still thinking there's going to be one splash in free agency, and it's going to be a lineman. That's just my guess. Yeah, who knows? And if you, and if you they, would, go, they, would, they would have to clear a lot of money to do it. Which sounds to me like they're going to try. And here's the other thing. If that happens, you got your left tackle, you got your prize free agent, we're two-fifths there. They could get two guys to start in the draft immediately. And now we're four-fifths. Four. And, and, then, and then the fifth then guy depth. just has to be okay. Then, and then just your depth. Right. And then by the right. way, 
we still have guys that are still on the roster here that like right. Nick Gates Shane and guys, Lemieux, and, and Shane Gates, Lemieux, whatever guys, whoever Matt, can Matt come Parrott. back and fill in. Right. Okay. So, um, Cunningham was another guy that came on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could, sure. you, you just never know. Yeah, Billy Price, if he comes back, whatever. But I guess we now go from what we think was there's nothing there to all of a sudden right. filling out your whole offensive line in a matter of, you know, three or four months. Right. And he mentioned Salier, by the way. He, I, I liked him at the senior bowl a lot, Jeff. Uh, Georgia offensive lineman played every spot, right tackle, left tackle, right guard, left That's guard, impressive. just didn't play center. And he was good. Wow. Like, he's not going to test well. He's kind of clunky with the way he moves around. But well, he didn't lose any reps. Well, the and and versatility is worth a lot, right? I mean, because yeah. if you're a, mm-hmm. if you're a guy that's going to make the roster and is not a starter, remember you can only keep nine linemen. Basically, you got to be a guy that can play multiple positions. There's a guy that stands out for you. And what round is he looking at? Would he be like a fourth, um, fifth round guy? Probably close to end of two, start of three. I oh, think. Okay, somewhere so, in that area. Well, I mean, then I'm okay. Then I'm guessing he might be a guy that maybe one day will start for you. You know? No, yeah, absolutely. No, that's no, that's for amazing. Sure. I All mean, right. you never know. Jeff, that was fun. That's good. Good stuff, guys. You Thank got you. Anything else before we go? You no, no. I'm gonna. All right, no, let's go I, eat. I, I ate before. Uh, I you actually, always eat early. You're such I an do. early guy. I'm an early guy. Well, I'm up early. Uh, you are. That's I eat true. breakfast at like five thirty. So that's why you're by the time by eleven 10. o'clock comes around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For so Jeff anyways, Eagles. We'll Thank you, you Pearson, when, when you're around. Uh, I'm John Schmelk. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow at noon for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I'll jump on with Meadow and who's on tomorrow with him? Detino. Oh, we'll argue some more. That'll be great. Uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one, everybody.